My conscience would not allow me to award a sentence of 300 lashes. When I felt convinced that a man deserved 600. Welcome to the Foot of the Rapids. I hope you are listening with interest and intent to this opening piece of music, as it will feature prominently in today's and next week's story. Not in literal repeat performances, but in the meaning and spirit this tune conveys. This was The Rogue's March, the music of imprisonment, ridicule, and disgrace for both the United States and British armies during the War of 1812. Not a whimper under the lash. Military punishments will be our subject of study for the day, and in particular, we will focus on the British in this episode 5, though some observations will be general and apply to both armies. And as usual, we will rely heavily on the reading of first-hand accounts to, hopefully, deliver the necessary historical information for a thorough understanding of this topic, its pervasiveness within both armies, and its effect on discipline and morale. These accounts will be used as a means of relating the types of crimes commonly committed and the varieties of punishments dealt out by the court's martial. I should say as a forward warning, if you have a soft heart or a weak stomach, this may not be the episodes for you. There were a few passages that made me raise an eyebrow or two, I will say that. Human beings can be brutal to one another, and you need to be prepared over the next two weeks for detailed descriptions of strangulation and bloodletting. Like our last segment on guard duty, Many soldiers made note in their diaries of the execution of sentences of punishment, as it would have been a somewhat unique episode to break up the usual routine of army life. And if it was a harsh treatment or particularly affecting on the mind and spirit, it would have been worth note to the shaken soldier. So there is a deep well of accounts relating to this topic. We will certainly not touch on all of them. But it is not just the factual information we are after today, but also emotional impact, that history is made by real people, and we have a common connection to them, shared feelings that transcend eras and political boundaries. The first stroke of the cat occasions an instantaneous discoloration of the skin from effused blood, the back appearing as if it was thickly sprinkled with strong coffee, even before the second stroke. Sometimes the blood flows copiously by the time the first fifty or a hundred lashes are inflicted. At other times, little or no blood appears when two hundred lashes has been inflicted. And during the first one hundred fifty to two hundred, a man appears to suffer much, considerably more indeed than during the subsequent part of the punishment, however large it may be. The effused blood in the skin, or perhaps some disorganization of the nerves of sensation, seems to occasion a blunting of its sensibility, and thereby lessen the acuteness of the pain arising from the application of the cat. Left-handed drummers, whose cats are applied to a portion of sound skin, and drummers who have not been sufficiently drilled to flogging, spread the lashes unnecessarily and excite an unusual degree of pain, 
Delinquents frequently call out to the drummer to strike higher, then lower, and sometimes alternately. Dr. Henry Marshall, Inspector General of Military Hospital. Rigid discipline is, of course, an absolutely key component to military life. And to this speaker, it is the very first thing that comes to mind when the word military is so much as uttered. Soldiers must do what they are told when they are told, correctly and rapidly, or the finely laid plans of the Grand Order will crumble. People can get hurt, and in times of war or battle, people may even die. So a soldier must adroitly perform his duty to the letter and the spirit of that law. Soldiers who cannot or will not do what they are told when they are told, or those found to be breaking the basic rules of camp or civil law will be punished, and in many cases severely so. Punishment meted out as a means of correcting the guilty party, destroying the will to repeat the bad act, and to serve as a solemn warning to onlookers to maintain a spotless record. If a soldier was caught in or accused of an infraction, a court-martial would be formed where a panel of junior or senior officers would hear testimony against and on behalf of the soldier in question. Sentences were often carried out immediately and could last anywhere from minutes to months, and in case of execution, eternity. Fear of physical pain, fear of death, imprisonment, fines, or the stripping of one's honor, integrity, and value will be the weapons of the command staff to keep an army tight, solid, and respectful in the field. Officers often felt that brute physical pain was the only language the beastly men of the lower ranks could understand. For over a century, in the British armed forces, this discipline was seen to by means of the lash, or flogging. Gentlemen officers quickly graduated from the 39 lashes of ancient Talmudic law to many hundreds of lashes, whatever might be deemed appropriate by a captain at sea or an officer on land. 300 lashes was not uncommon. 1,000 lashes was not unheard of, the higher numbers being dealt out over many sessions. The lash lacerated his back speedily, and the blood flowed freely. He stood close in front of me, the inward groan at each lash from being stifled went sufficiently to my heart. But soon after, the drummer, in swinging his cat of nine tails, switched a quantity of his blood over my face, over my belt. I fainted away like a sick girl, to my own great horror and confusion. But it was not unnatural, after all. The officers laughed at me. The men did not. Lieutenant John Le Couture, 104th Regiment of Foot. There was a scripted ceremony to the execution of sentences. The floggings were overseen and carried out by the adjutant. The regiment was paraded to form a hollow square, facing inwards so all could witness the punishment. Three sergeant's halberds were affixed together to form a sturdy tripod at the center. 
crime and the sentence were read aloud. Then the prisoner was marched from the brig to the center of the square to the tune of the Rogue's March. He would be stripped to the waist and bound with restraints to the tripod or iron triangle. The dragoons might use a tree, the artillery a carriage wheel, or the mast aboard ship. A cloth cap or hood was at times placed upon the prisoner's head and a leather collar draped about his neck to protect the more sensitive areas, the flogging being directed at a soldier's bare back. When all was ready, the adjutant reported to the colonel, who then ordered, proceed. The adjutant then commanded, drummer, do your duty. The drum major then slipped his hand into a red silk bag and removed the Cat of Nine Tails, the instrument of discipline. The Cat of Nine Tails had a wooden handle approximately 48 centimeters long. Attached to it were nine 60 centimeter lengths of tarred hemp whipcord. The ends of each of these lashing lengths could be knotted to inflict increased pain when striking like a projectile against the skin. The drum major handed the weapon to a duty drummer who applied 25 of his best strokes before passing it to the next musician. Rotating the work among the drummers present to ensure a single individual did not tire and that the punishment could be directed with painful consistency. Yes, it fell to the drummers to perform the peculiar duty of meeting out punishment and participating drummers were paid extra for their service in performing flogging duty. The drum major played three slow taps as a time interval between applications of the cat, and the sergeant major of the regiment counted out each hit aloud. From the very first day I entered the service as drum boy, and for eight years after, I can venture to assert that at the lowest calculation, it was my disgusting duty to flog men at least three times a week. From this painful task, there was no possibility of shrinking without the certainty of a rattan over my own shoulders by the drum major or of my being sent to the black hole. After a poor fellow had received about a hundred lashes, the blood would pour down his back in streams and fly about in all directions with every additional blow of the cat, so that by the time he had received 300, I found my clothes all over, blood, from the knees to the crown of the head. Horrified at my disgusting appearance, I have immediately after parade run into the barrack room to escape from the observation of the soldiers and to rid my clothes and person of my comrade's blood. Here I have picked and washed off my clothes pieces of skin and flesh that had been cut from the poor sufferer's back. Men have declared to me that the sensation experienced at each lash was as though the talons of a hawk were tearing their flesh off their bones. Ex-drum boy, wishing to remain anonymous. There was a bucket of water near at hand, a chair, a hospital orderly, 
and the regimental surgeon to monitor the offender's vital signs. The water could be used to clean the cat if it became clogged with blood and flesh pieces, or the water could be administered to refresh the victim at this point, to revive him from passing out and allowing the sentence to continue. The doctor could suspend the proceedings if he felt the prisoner had had enough, or if his life be thought in danger. This was often the case, as regimental surgeons became increasingly opposed to the practice of flogging as the 19th century progressed. After the termination of the expedition to Holland in the year 1799, the 5th Regiment was established at Silverhall, Barracks, in Sussex, where a marauding soldier of the Light Company broke into a neighboring farm under the cover of night, severely wounded with his bayonet the woman of the house when she tried to save some of her property, and perpetrated as much outrage as a single man without accomplices could well inflict. There can be no doubt that such a ruffian should immediately have been given over to the civil power and hanged, or executed before the assembled troops by sentence of a general court-martial. But he was brought before a court-martial of the regiment and sentenced to receive a thousand lashes. When brought up for punishment, he stripped as if in scorn and presented as fine a model of compact form, hard muscle, and dark, thick skin as ever I beheld. The drummers, all well-grown, sturdy lads, who had always performed their duty well, and to them, after the punishment began, he particularly directed his abuse, daring them to do their worst, for they would never extract a single groan from him. Seven hundred and seventy-five lashes were most severely inflicted when, perceiving from his countenance alone that nature was giving way, I had him taken down and carried to the hospital. In a few weeks, he was reported cured, and the commanding officer declared that the sentence should be inflicted to the utmost lash. He was accordingly brought out again. It was winter, and the snow was on the ground. He was tied up with his back to the wind, and the punishment began. At the first lash, the newly organized skin gave way, the blood streamed down his back, and he who, on the first affliction, was all defiance, now writhed and cried out. As the flogging proceeded, the lash became clogged with blood, which at every wave of the drummer's arm was driven in showers by the wind over the snow. His cries became actual yells, and the integuments of his newly cauterized back were cut literally to pieces. I stopped the punishment when he had received sixty lashes. But his second cure was now a very different affair. Healthy suppuration could not be established after such reiterated injury, and slouching deep-seated abscesses were formed amongst the great muscles of the back. When I left the regiment, on promotion, some months afterwards, he was still in the hospital, a poor, hectic wretch, utterly broken down from the terrific effect of a second flogging. I never learned whether he ultimately recovered. Dr. Ferguson, Inspector General of Military Hospital. It is altogether a very painful duty, and one too surely not devoid of degradation, for a medical man to determine the fitness or ability of a criminal to undergo a certain amount of torture. There are sentences of courts martial which, if inflicted, would amount to loss of life, and I think when the punishment is to the extent which we sometimes hear of, 
it is degrading rather to them who inflict it than to the sufferer, and especially degrading to the noblest arts to which human talent can attain, I mean the art of healing. When the attendance of a medical man is rendered necessary not to assuage pain and relieve suffering, but to ascertain the extreme limit of human endurance. Sir Charles Gray, House of Commons. As you have heard, the punishment would be completed once the soldier had healed sufficiently to take more beating. Certainly, no man held his head high after an experience such as this. To give you some idea of punishments as befitting crimes, we will look at a few examples of numbers of lashes prescribed for fairly common crimes within the army. This coming from the Regimental Defaulter Book of the 49th Regiment of Foot in 1811, the year just before our story begins. A private deficient in part of uniform, sentenced to 100 lashes, inflicted in the usual manner. Attempt to deceive inspecting officer, sentenced to 200 lashes, 100 inflicted. In possession of peas, which cannot be explained, an improper use of equipment, sentenced to 400 lashes, 250 inflicted. Drunk before dinner, although confined to barracks, sentenced to 150 lashes, 100 inflicted. Quitting barracks without leave after tattoo, sentenced to 300 lashes, 295 inflicted. Following punishment, the prisoner was taken to the infirmary or sickbay where his wounds were dressed under a cloth known as a wrestling jacket. The cloth often soaked in a diluted solution of what they called sugar of lead, reported to be equal in pain to the actual lashing. The recovery time could be several weeks or several months before a soldier could bear a wool uniform and the heavy cross belts and knapsack over his damaged skin. In 1807, King George III restricted corporeal punishment to 1,000 lashes. Later, he was outdone by his son, the Duke of York, as commander-in-chief of the army, who advised commanders to limit lashes to 300, and this in the year 1812. At one of the flogging parades, when we had been nearly two hours witnessing the horrible scene of bloodshed, and when the hands and feet of every soldier in the regiment would be numb from cold and from remaining for such a length of time in one position. I say, at one of these parades, a brave old soldier whose character was unimpeachable happened to cough in the rank. He turned his head a little to one side to discharge the phlegm and was instantly ordered into the center of the square stripped of his accoutrements and placed in front of the halberds. He went through the mock form of a trial by a drumhead court-martial. The major swore he was unsteady in the ranks and on the ipse dixit of that tyrant, he was sentenced to receive 50 lashes. After the brave veteran was tied up, he implored hard for mercy, adding that he had been 20 years in the service and was never till then brought to the halberds. The pale, worn, 
dejected appearance of this man from age and length of service was in itself sufficient to excite compassion and sympathy. Even had he been guilty of a crime, his appeal was useless. He had every lash of his sentence, weeping and crying bitterly during the infliction. And although he only received 50 lashes, he never looked up afterwards. He had wounded his best feelings. He was constantly in hospital and but a little time elapsed before he was discharged. Sergeant Teasdale, 28th Regiment of Foot. In 1803, at Chatham, a private of the 9th Regiment had been found asleep on his post and was tried by a court-martial and sentenced to be flogged. The soldier was a fine-looking lad and bore an excellent character in the regiment. The officers were much interested in his behalf, and it is said that they endeavored to prevail upon the general in command to give his case a favorable consideration, but without success. All the troops were assembled to witness the punishment, and during the infliction I saw the drum major strike a drummer to the ground for not using his strength sufficiently. The man's back became black as the darkest mahogany and greatly swelled. He was taken down at the recommendation of a medical officer after he had received 229 lashes and sent to the hospital, where he died in eight days, his back having mortified. I have witnessed 700 lashes inflicted, but I never seen a man's back so black and so swelled. Dr. Hamilton, Regimental Surgeon. Next week we will examine the American army and its creative and deadly measures to inflict discipline upon their own troops. We play you out with the Rogue's March. Huzzah! Punished for possessing peas. Yes, peas. P-E-A-S. Let's not be eating our vegetables now. <laughs>